0: The Long Song is award-winning author Andrea Levy's latest book. It's the story of July, a slave girl on a sugar plantation in Jamaica. It's set during the time of the Baptist War when slavery eventually came to an end. Andrea didn't start her writing career until her mid-30s. After taking a creative writing course, she was initially a graphic designer, she started work on her first novel, Every Light in the House Burning. Since then, she has also published Never Far From Nowhere, Fruit of the Lemon, and Small Island. Small Island won her a number of awards, including the Orange Prize for Fiction, 2004, the Whitbread Knoll Award, 2004, and the Commonwealth Writers' Prize Best Book in 2005. The inspiration from her books comes from the experiences of black Jamaicans in Britain. Her own parents migrated from Jamaica in 1948, and as a young woman, Andrea always wanted to see more books written about the lives of black Britons. Thanks for joining us today, Andrea.
1: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Now, your writing career started relatively late. I understand that <laughs> it didn't really you know, get going till your mid-30s. When did you realise that you wanted to be a writer, and why did it sort of take a while?
1: Right. Well, I, I'm, everybody says this yes. that it started quite late, but I'm—I never—I uh, always thought that writers did start in their thirties. It used to always be the case, but now it seems that like if you haven't written your first book by the age of twenty-one, you're really tardy. Uh, but um, so I wasn't—I uh, wasn't aware of that, but. Um, okay I'll take it that I started late but I if you'd have told me that one day I would be a writer I would have thought you were insane um you know if you'd have told me in my 20s that um I'd I'd never intended to be it was a bit of, a, bit of an accident in that um in my 30s I was sort of uh I, I always used to do evening classes and mm. I was sort of looking around for something to do. Should I do yoga? Should I do a bit of painting? And I thought, oh, I'll try writing. And so I joined a class uh for creative writing, uh, two hours a week. And um and I begin to I began to love it. And uh and I realized after a while that not only were people responding well to what I wrote, but also um and that i had a story that i really wanted to tell i had a you know i had uh things that i wanted to explore and uh, and so my writing career was begun in the grand old age of 32,
0: I think. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, when you were doing your evening classes and your yoga and your writing and your whatever, which I completely relate to, what were you doing at the time professionally? Just tell us about, you know, what your day job was at the time.
1: At the time, I was um, a graphic designer. Um, I, I had a, a business with my my husband and uh, we uh, were we were graphic designers, so I sort of – ran the little studio that we had on the River Thames, and it was very nice.
0: And what was that story that you wanted to tell that you discovered when you did that creative writing course?
1: Well, I spe- when you start a sort of creative writing, usually the thing that they do is uh, the first thing that they say to you is to write about what you know. And so they started us writing about our families and about our sort of backgrounds and um it was it was then that i you know i was sort of writing these stories about growing up as a sort of black working class girl on a council estate in london that people were um, surprised to hear that coming from me and um and also that that they hadn 't heard about you know my parents coming from Jamaica and all that sort of thing before um and uh, there weren 't many books on the subject you know any fiction written so um so then I sort of thought yeah I, this is this is the story, you know
0: yeah, and so when you started writing that, how long till that eventuated into what became your first novel?
1: Um, it was about uh, two years, I suppose. I was sort of doing this class and I, I just loved it. It was great. It was such fun. Um, and um, And I at one point i had lots of little vignettes lots of little sort of snippets of life you know my life sort of thing semi autobiographical things and uh, and i thought well i could i could put it together you know write a few more of these and see if uh, see what happens and that's when um, i wrote every light in the house burning which is you know my most sort of autobiographical book um, and, uh, and so it, that, that took me about another two years to, to complete it. Mm. Yeah.
0: So did, how long was that first creative writing course and did you then follow it up with others?
1: Well, the, um, I went to that course two hours a week for about on and off for about six years. Wow. Um, I, yes, I know. <laughs> I think they threw me out in the end. <laughs> I think I had a book published, and they would sort of said, "Yeah, enough, off you go." You know, <laughs> but uh, but it was just such a, a wonderful. It was a, it was wonderful to sit and you sort of read your stuff out, and people listen and they comment, and it mm. was a it was a very uh, for me it was a um, a very good sort of grounding in in uh, what works and what doesn't work. Listening to other people's stuff and things like that as well, and sort of hearing it and sort of trying to figure out what works and what doesn't mm. is um, is very good
0: so when you wrote that first novel when you decided you know i'm going to write a long piece you you were still working as a graphic designer or did yes. you commit time to it full time to it sorry or did you commit a lot of you know did did you go full time to write that novel Well were you doing it No at, in the what I, what
1: i did was i i took um i went down to 4 days a week as a graphic designer and mm. i took fri- fridays off to to write, mm. uh, which was um, because I worked for myself. I could sort of, kind of do that, yes. <laughs> juggle a bit. But um, and so I would work, you know, just on that in that one day that I had.
0: And mm. and then when did you go full time
1: as a writer? Yeah, um, I suppose not until not until Small Island came out, really. Yeah, because um, I was always sort of, uh, I mean, contrary to popular belief, writers don't, you know, often don't make a lot of money. <laughs> you know, uh, it's actually um, very difficult to make enough money to, to go full time. You, mm. you know, it's quite a bit of luck if that happens to you. You sure. know. So that didn't happen to me until Small Island. And then I could decide, yeah, I think I'll go full-time now. Mm. Yeah.
0: Now, we'll get to your most recent book, your latest book, The Long Song, in a minute. But, but okay. I just want to talk a little bit more because people are so interested in how you get started, right? Right. So just talk us through how you got your first publishing contract and the steps you actually took to turn, you know, the, the what was coming out of this creative writing course into a real book.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. Well, <clears throat> once I'd got this book, uh, you know, what I thought was finished. Mm. Um, I sent it to um some publishers, which you could do in those days. I don't think you can now, but I sent it to about six publishers and I sent it to about six agents. I don't know why I chose six, but I just did. Mm. Um, and um and then I waited for the rejection letter, <laughs> which just came flooding back. But funnily enough, one person did say, um, I, you know, I'd like to meet you. I'd like to talk about what you have just written, uh, which was very encouraging. And, um, she was at a publisher and I went to see her and, um, she she said, you know, I really like this book. It's not long enough. And, you know, told me all the things that were wrong with it and why she couldn't publish it, et cetera, et cetera, but told me to carry on. And that was fantastic. Mm. You know, that was walking on air. That was what I needed. I mm. just, ne- you know, needed that. Um, and then I went away and I, I I took on her notes and sort of uh, rewrote it and and then sent it out again um and by that time um a public uh an agent had had looked at it and said yes i'll try and you know sell it for you um and it's a good job he did because i had got by that time probably what 10 rejection letters right uh, which i could just about cope with <laughs> uh and then he took it on and he got oh i don't know maybe another 30 <laughs> you know i mean but he didn't he didn't tell me bless him you know he just sort of would get these these letters in just saying they didn't want to do it and then of course it only takes one person to say they do mm. want to do it and that was it so um eventually after a year a year of, of my agent trying um then headline who I'm still with um said yes we'd like to we'd like to take it on and and they published the first book mm. and it um I, I think that most publishers were worried that because it was a book about a black family, you know, a, a family from uh, the Caribbean, that only people of that background would be interested in reading it. You know, uh, that it wouldn't be it, that it isn't a universal story about family or anything like that, that it is specific to black people Mm. Um, and uh, nothing I could say could persuade them (laughs) (laughs) otherwise so they sort of worked it out oh how many how many black people are there in Britain Mm. how many of them read (gasps) how many of those that read are going to buy it and they came down to you know we're going to sell three copies if we're lucky (laughs) you know that sort of thing but and they were they were surprised they were taken by surprise that it sold better than they thought and in fact it's still in print and still selling Mm. Um, so yeah. But uh, <laughs> but it was you know w- there were hurdles to jump
0: mm. that, that
1: perhaps uh, had I not been you know had I um, not been from the Caribbean I wouldn't have had to jump. Mm. Now you
0: mentioned Small Island, which is your fourth book.
1: That's right. Yeah.
0: It has won so many awards. It's I know. crazy. Um, <laughs> How did you feel? I mean, you started off as a graphic designer, and you did this little creative writing course, and suddenly, yeah. you know, you've got the Orange Prize, the Commonwealth know. Writers' Best Book. Prize. I mean, how did you feel? Did you think this was real?
1: No, no, I still don't. I still, <laughs> I'm still convinced that I slipped through some time warp and I landed in this other place. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, it, it It was an enormous surprise to me. I mean, I, I knew that with Small Island, I'd written the best book I could. I tried to do that with every book. I don't, you know, every book I write is absolutely the most you could get from me as a, you know, as a writer. Mm. And... Um, and small island i knew i you know i'd really really worked hard at that book really hard and i you know i hoped it would it would do okay but i mm. didn't think it would and when it um first came out of course nobody knew me still uh, really uh, even though i'd had three books and mm. and the book came out um I remember being at the Adelaide Festival here, and sort of, you know, wanting to sort of beg people to just, just read it, just try it, you know, because they had, have, they hadn't heard of it or anything. And, and in in London, I sort of said to my publisher at one point, "Look, put some of the books in a basket, and I'll go to door to door with them." You know, I couldn't think how I was going to sell these books. <laughs> and then, um, and then it got onto the long list of the Orange Prize, and I thought, oh great that, you know, that's, that's good. And then it, then, you know, the rest is history, (laughs) as they say, but, uh, but, you know, I won the orange prize and I was absolutely over the moon about Mm. that. It was just a a real dream come true. Mm. Um, And then winning the Whitbread, I thought, Mm. well, that's crazy. And then when I won the the Commonwealth, (laughs) I just thought, okay, silly. And then then the orange best of the best, that was it. i just, You know, that was, uh, it was fantastic. It was absolutely fantastic, as you can imagine.
0: Yes. Now, you say with each book you want to be the best writer you can be. What practical things do you actually do to get your best writing out there?
1: I never accept my first ideas. I always take time. That's one thing that's very important to me. I've never, ever sold a book before. I finished it, you know, so I never have a deal and somebody breathing down my neck saying, What are you doing and how is this because I like to take time and space to really, really think about what I'm writing and how I'm writing it and how, you know, how it's going to work. So mm-hmm. That for me is extremely, extremely important. And mm. so my, my publishers are always saying, Well, I hope you're not going to take so long with your next book, you know, because <laughs> this long song took me six years. But, um, no. and, I, and, and now they sort of, you know, they're they rather resigned to mm. the fact that I will take as long as it takes mm. to write a book, you know, but, um, because I really, really do like to, to think.
0: Yeah. Now, Small Island has been also adapted for a BBC drama series. So tell us about your involvement in that. Did you have a lot to do with it? And um, what were your expectations and were they met? (laughs) All right.
1: Well, I, um, uh, the, the book was bought long before all the prizes. Right. It was bought by two producers, Vicky Licorice and Joanna Anderson. Lovely, lovely women. And, uh, they, we we sort of talked about it, about what they, how they envisaged, uh, you know, envisaged it um, being. And I was, you know, completely in agreement with what they said. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. You know, I was already writing the long song and, you know, I just, and I don't write scripts anyway. I don't mm. quite understand them. mm mm-hmm. So um, they went off and then for five long years, (laughs) (laughs) worked on it and sort of found script writers and found, you know, the BBC to do it and all sorts of things like that. Um, And they kept me informed every sort of step of the way. But it seemed like so many hurdles that we were never, ever going to get to the screen. I mean. I don't know if people know this, but TV and film come to writers like myself all the time, mm. you know, with every book, I think somebody has come. Mm. But but actually getting it from, you know, the initial sort of excitement to the screen is, is a long, long journey and mm. often so many more fall by the wayside than ever get made. Um, so about, uh, a year and a bit ago, year and a half ago, we, we got the green light as mm. they say, uh, mm. to get it done. And I just couldn't believe it, you know, it was just absolutely wonderful. And, um, I met the cast and mm. actually one of my, I did suggest, um, an actor for the part of Bernard who, uh did play him in the end and I was mm. so thrilled with that so that was about that was my bit of casting
0: Right.
1: <laughs> um but uh apart from that I didn't really have anything to do with it
0: right? Okay.
1: <laughs> they showed me the script and you know I think my one note to them was to make sure that it 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 stayed light you know that it yeah. wasn't too um because because with the tv thing it sort of it's not as big as a Mm, book mm. Uh, and so it comes really down to the main story and uh, I didn't want it to get po-faced in that transition you know I wanted it still to have the humor and uh, lightness of touch that I tried to bring to all my books Um, and so uh, but but they did that and um, I think they did a fantastic job Mm. I mean you haven't seen it, have you? No. No. It, well, it's coming on here mm. uh, soon, hopefully. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's. Um, I love it. I mean, it's uh It's its own thing, mm. if you know what I mean. It's. Uh, you know, the book is. I was going to say better, but I don't think you can say that. <laughs> can <you? laughs>
0: of course, you can.
1: The book is different. Uh, yeah. You know, the book is bigger. It has more story in it, and all little. You know nuances that, mm. that that have have you know got lost in the the tv thing but having said that it's fantastic television that they have put together mm. and uh, and the story stands up really well and i was thrilled with it and the acting is superb i think two of the actors are up for awards for their parts mm. in it so um and the direction is fantastic the music Beautiful. You obviously so I was terribly like it. <laughs> yes.
0: I like it, yeah, I like it. Now tell us about the long song. Six years. Yes. Where did the story come from? And um and well, yeah, just tell us about your, your latest book.
1: Well, the long song, um the long oh, I've forgotten. No, the long <laughs> song is um is me still looking into my ancestry, really. Mm. I mean, Small Island was about my sort of parents' generation and them going to Britain Mm. from the Caribbean and what that immigration meant for them. Mm. And then I thought after that, I thought, okay, so I want to to know a little bit more about the Caribbean island that they came from. Uh, Why were they there, that sort of thing. And, uh, of course, you don't go very far back in history before you hit slavery. And... um, and so I thought, oh, okay, slavery. And then I thought, no, I don't want to write a book about slavery. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I was very, very reluctant right. because I just thought it would be a story of misery and violence. And, you know, it, it would have to be about these victims who, are, you know, had a terrible time. And, you know, uh, what could you do with that story? Mm. Um, uh, but I started, I'd started researching and... Um, and I realized that this was sort of um, slavery existed in the Caribbean for 300 years. And once I sort of realized that, I thought, oh, hang on, this isn't, you know, a short, uh, a short sort of aberration. This was 300 years. You, you would have built up a society and a culture and, uh, you know, a, a way of being. These people had to. And um And so I thought, if I'm going to write a book, I want to try and explore that, try and explore the sort of the society that was built up. Um, So not looking at it from the the, the horror and the victimhood, but actually from the life that they led. Um, And so I. um, I started sort of seeing if I could find some way of getting into that, because there's nothing written down at all.
0: So presumably it required a lot of research. Where did, did most of that take place and how did you go about doing that?
1: Well, the research, as I say, there wasn't any sort of slave testimonies and yeah. there isn't any writing, there isn't any, you know, pictures, very few songs or, you know, anything that came down from that 300 years. Yeah. There, there's, it's like this huge silence. Um, but what there was was a lot of... Um, uh, diaries and writings and testimonies and books from the sort of uh, planter classes or the missionaries who went to the Caribbean or the missionaries' wives or the planters' wives. or the uh, um, And they all wrote about their time on the Caribbean and they wrote about the black people, but they wrote about it from their point of view. Uh, So they were usually complaining about them, how lazy and feckless and deceitful and etc. they were. But I found that you could look through what they were saying and you could reflect it back, you know, so you could actually see those those black people, those enslaved people, through what the white people were saying. And um, does that make any sense? Like if you're an example?
0: (laughs) Yeah, please do, yeah.
1: For example, you have one man who who wrote uh, Matthew Lewis in sort of uh, 1816 or something about going to visit his plantation Mm. and how the Negroes had all come up to his house to have a party because he'd just returned Mm. and how they stayed, they came at two in the afternoon and they stayed till four in the morning. Mm. Uh, you know, dancing and singing, and then they left him and he had a headache. <laughs> and then the next day he got up and they were back again you know, <laughs> for the rest of the party. <laughs> and they stayed, but this time only till from two o'clock in the afternoon to ten o'clock at night. And I thought, how incredible. <laughs> That's a, you know, a weekend rave up at the, up at the big house, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, and he was, you know, to say, oh, these, these Negroes, they're Terrible, you know, and I just thought, well, how wonderful you could just sort of see yeah. that they had time off to have a party, and yeah. they were going to have a party, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So it's it was things like that that I sort of found, you know. So
0: did did you do that all that research first, and then start writing, or did you do it as you went along? Or a bit
1: of both. I mean, I what what I usually do with research is I, I like to research enough so that I know I've got a story. Yeah. So that I know I've got enough to 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 be able to think myself into a situation, mm. um, uh, and then as I go through, obviously all the fine details and all the little details of what people ate or what people wore or what people, uh, you know, sort of how they sang or th- those sorts of things, I would have to do as I was going along because I couldn't possibly keep it all in my head. No.
0: And so when you're in the the depths of your writing mm-hmm. do you have a particular writing routine some writers have very set schedules or have a certain number of words a day or have a ritual or you know yeah what do you do well i um there's
1: two sort of uh Two bits to it. That when I first start, I usually write in small chunks of maybe about ten pages. It's usually a sort of a chapter, probably. Mm, I that's do a... not a
0: small chunk. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> I don't think so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I write in a very large chunk of about ten pages. Okay. Um, and first of all, I write by hand. Oh. Uh, and I will go to my local library to do that. There's a room in my local library upstairs that is so grim that you can do nothing but write there. You know, you don't really want to look at the walls. And um, I'm there with lots of lots of students doing their A levels and, <laughs> and and I just write the first draft. So that's the sort of complete meanderings and babble coming from my head. Um, and then I go home and I work on a computer. And when I work on a computer putting in what I've written, I I work from two thirty every day.
0: Two thirty in the
1: afternoon. Afternoon,
0: yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Usually till about 235 <laughs> 235 is a bad day but usually a bit longer than that you know um right. but I don't I don't often work from you know a blank page to something for more than two or three hours a day right yeah oh, okay. uh, actually writing
0: yes So I yes. might
1: research I'm still working
0: mm.
1: and then I usually then like I say I sort of um I have this little bit written that i did that day yes and i will carry it around with me i'll leave it by the side of my bed i'll add little things to it or you know while i'm watching the telly something will come up while i'm eating while i'm you know so it's always with me but um actually sitting there writing it i don't do for very long at least i don't think that's very long is it very long if you think 10 pages is long,
0: do you think? Well, some writers are lucky to um, do a 500 words.
1: Yeah. And oh, that's, crikey. You know, well, some days I would, that 500 words is quite good. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes in that two hours I might do very little, you right. know, very little actually written down. But um, yeah. it's amazing. Every book I've written, I get to the end and think, I don't know how I did that. <laughs> But it is just literally one foot in front of the other to try not to to see that, you know, how much you've got to go. Mm, Um, mm. But sometimes I think midway through a book, usually I have a panic (laughs) about that. I've got so far to go. You know, I've taken three years to get this far. It's going to take me. I'm never going to finish, you know, (laughs) and that sort of thing. Yeah.
0: It's like running a marathon.
1: It is. Now it is.
0: what's next for you? Are you already working on your next novel and can you tell us what it's about?
1: Well, I never ever talk about books that I'm working on. Ah,
0: okay. <laughs> I am deeply
1: superstitious. I don't, I, I don't quite know why, but there's something about sort of talking out an idea that right. uh, worries me, saying sure. it out loud. But um, I'm—it's there's definitely something brewing. Let me put it like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's such a great feeling when you have something brewing because when I did finish the long song, I just my it. The long song took me so long, and it was a very difficult book to write. Yeah. Uh, and um, when I finished, I think my head just went completely blank, and I thought, "Oh, well, there's nothing in there." But now, <laughs> <laughs> now something's beginning to come back. So, <laughs>
0: but also, when you've been working on something for that that long, do you wake up and sort of go, "Oh, well, what am I going to do today?" <laughs>
1: yes you do except that there's so much to do you know there's there's the writing a book mm. which is one thing mm. and it's a very solitary job and mm. you're at home and you're just doing it and then there's the publishing of a book, uh, yes. which is incredibly public. Yes. And uh, uh, so I'm here in Australia yes. at the moment. I'll be in New Zealand. I'll be in Singapore. I'll be in America. I'll be in Canada. I'll be mm. in Europe. <laughs> so you don't get a lot of time to think, oh, what shall I do today?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose not. Um, Okay, and um, on a final note, what's uh-huh. your advice to aspiring writers who are potentially, like you did, you know, doing their creative writing course and are thinking, you know, I really enjoy this?
1: I think you've got to keep going. You know, I, went, I did a lot of writing courses and I met and heard some of the most amazing writing mm. uh, in uh, in those courses, around those tables. Mm. Really fantastic writing, but we're never going to see it because the people who wrote it didn't have a certain sort of chutzpah. Is that a word that you know here? Yeah. yeah. Didn't have a certain tenacity or a sort of desire to really sort of, uh, you know, put themselves out there and have rejections but, but work through that. Mm. And You know, you really do need to have... A tenacity uh, to to do it. Um, and, and I know that there will be a lot of people who are writing fantastic stuff, but, you know, with the first rejection letter, that's it for them. Mm. They can't get past it. So I would just say, really try and get that sort of grit, that tenacity that you, you might need and really listen to what people are saying about your writing. Mm.
0: Discipline and a thick skin.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I never get a thick skin. I haven't got a thick skin, but just to sort of, I don't know, uh you know, mm. <laughs> rather than, rather than a thick skin, you know, just so I'm, I'm going to try anyway, you know.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. On, on that note, thank you very much for your time today. Um, I hope you enjoy your time in Australia and appreciate you talking to us. Thank you. ValerieKoo.com. That's ValerieKoo, K-H-O-O.com. Thank you for listening.